It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into what the Oklahoma City Thunder can learn from weekend one of the March Madness tournament heading into weekend two and preview the very important uh, Wednesday game against the Orlando Magic. Will the Thunder get swept by the Magic and increase their lottery odds or will these teams split? All of that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into March Madness, the first two rounds in the Sweet 16 and preview the Elite Eight as well, and the ever-important series against the magic with our good pal at Mavs draft on Twitter, Richard Stamen. Richard, how are you doing today? You know, uh, I wasn't expecting, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the magic to pull out the, uh, I don't want to say win, but the victory I'm going with that on Sunday. So uh, hoping a little bit of revenge <laughs> comes on the, uh, what is it? When it's Wednesday, I think today that it's happening. Uh, tonight in the Paycom center, it's going to be Magic versus Thunder. Richard, you're obviously at Mavs Draft, but your Twitter handle is actually Mavs slash Magic Draft. How did you become invested in the Orlando Magic? Well, uh, it starts in 1994 when I was born in Orlando. I grew up in, or I grew up, grew up, as in I grew from like literally nothing to all of like three feet before moving away uh, when I was five. And uh, my first memory was Penny Hardaway on the Magic. I went to a Magic game. Uh, I can still name some of the details about that. Not necessarily the basketball stuff, but the completely irrelevant stuff. Uh, and when I came to Dallas, I, my parents were like, so, uh, you know, we know you like basketball, but are you going to be a Mavs or a Magic fan? And this is like just the most me thing ever. I'm indecisive. Like both. <laughs> so that's how that came to be. And it's been miserable ever since. Yeah, and uh, Sunday was another blow to the Magic as the Thunder win by losing, and it turns out SGA didn't play Sunday. And after the Boston game Monday, they're already playing coy a little bit. His ankle doesn't respond well the next morning. We'll see where he's at. Still the status up in the air for SGA on Wednesday, but Richard, what does it mean as somebody who's deep into this draft? What does it mean for these two teams? How important is it? for the Magic to get the series split versus the Thunder sweeping? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that it, the same four players are going to go in the top four. The real issue, the reason I want Orlando, like, they can't afford 
this situation to play out where the top three are the non-guards, where it's Jabari Smith, Paolo Moncaro, and Chet Holmgren in some order, and they get the fourth pick and Jaden Ivey's there. Because uh, normally, I'll just say, hey, best player available, like completely disregard what's in front of you already. But they've done that almost two years in a row to some extent, and I don't think you can do that a third year. Uh, it was already kind of hard squeezing in Jalen Suggs there. I really don't think you can add another guard, even if – even if Jaden Ivey does become like the new age John Morant, I totally understand why. And I would want that, but the risk, what if he doesn't? And to me, that's a massive risk because then you're trading down and then you've kind of wasted your first real season of tanking. And, and I think that the Thunder find themselves in that spot too, where like, yeah, Jaden Ivey might be the best player at four, but if you land at four, how does Jaden Ivey fit with SGA and with Josh Giddy? What does that, that future look like for the Thunder. For you, how would you grade an Ivy Giddy SGA squad? You know, I I think you can work with especially with those guys because Giddy's what six eight, six nine almost, and SGA's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, give or take six 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 five somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Jaden Ivy being, I, I should know this stuff. But I should have gone on with heights before <laughs> before starting to talk, but. Uh, you know, being around 6'4", you can still make that work. The Magic don't have that same argument, and that's really where it differs. Jalen Suggs is 6'4", Cole Anthony 6'3". Um, so I think that it actually does work better in Oklahoma City. It's probably the only place you could put him and say, let's do a three-guard lineup because theoretically you have the size, at least, to stay with these guys. Are you still going to produce on especially the defensive end? Probably not, just because I wouldn't want Giddy to be my small forward or any of them to really be a small forward, but – if worse comes to worse, if Oklahoma City does land that four spot, I actually would probably be okay with it because I think they could fit all three of them. The, you know, three-guard lineups are – I don't want to say it's a thing of the future anymore because that was six years ago that was said. So it's kind of now. It's not that uncommon. And then that would kind of make Ludor a bit dispendable, you know, expendable or just push him to the bench. Trey Mann, obviously, uh, still in the mix as well. But, yeah, SGA 6-6. And Josh Giddy claimed the entire draft cycle, and you were in those – pre-draft interviews with me uh with josh giddy where he swears he's six nine but the thunder list him at six eight so i'm gonna i'm gonna sell it josh giddy on this one it's it's cooler to say you're six nine and six eight so i'm gonna say he's six nine but yeah he obviously has the size and the length right now the thunder are two games out of the worst record in the nba one game separates the thunder and magic guess what that one game can be made up tonight on Wednesday at the Paycom Center. And I think that you would just rather Sam Presti have his pick of Jaden Ivey versus one of, or all three, Paulo, Chet, and uh, Jabari. I think that that's kind of the safer route. Now, you, you did mention that you think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Oklahoma City to get Jaden Ivey. Do you, how do you view Jaden Ivey as a prospect in general? Yeah, first of all, can I just say how, how horrible it is coming on here, hearing my fate just absolutely thrown in my face. I'm like smirking this whole time. So I'm like, why did I agree to come on here? Because I'm just getting trashed about the worst case scenario. <laughs> but to answer the question with Jaden Ivey, I think you have upside as a three-level score with him. Uh, there's a real chance that you know the finishing should translate. I think the mid-range will be there uh, just based on simply how reliable his floater is. Uh, I really do think the shooting touch is real. He takes a lot of deep threes. So his three-point percentage, uh, his three-point shot, I would say, as a whole, is just inconsistent. But there is hope for that because he can actually shoot from deep. He's just not that good at it uh, just yet. But 
on top of that, you know, he's a really good playmaker, ridiculously fast, probably has the best first step in the class, really crafty around the rim. So he knows how to use that combination very well. He should translate quickly because he plays so well in quick offense. And on top of that, he's actually a pretty good defender, uh, especially for someone with his frame, but he does need to add weight. And I think physically maturing and then also, you know, improving that jumper, that combination, that's really what's separating him from being a good player and a star player. There's a lot to get to about what we witnessed this weekend, which was just a fun weekend of basketball, honestly. It was it was nice to have the NCAA tournament back. It was there last year, but in the bubble, it just kind of felt weird. This year, it felt legitimate and felt awesome. So we're going to recap all of round one and round two of the NCAA tournament and then preview what to watch for this weekend as they begin the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome, and it's what you should be checking out because Prize Picks is for you. It's a daily fantasy prop operator made easy. It's daily fantasy sports. You pick two to five players and over under on their projected numbers, and you can win up to 10 times on any injury. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Injuries can be made in 50 or 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use their award-winning app on both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from point scores to rebounds to assists, all that fun stuff. Price Picks even offers mixed sport entry. So as we start ramping up with baseball and basketball in the postseason for basketball and in the in the opening day MLB season, you could take the over on John Morant playoff points and the under on hits for Whit Merrifield for the Royals uh, leadoff spot. What a deep cut that was. You can do anything you want to do on Price Picks. It's awesome. Just simply go over to Price Picks right now. Use the code NBA. That's right. The code NBA is an exclusive offer for our Locked On fans. Sign up today and you're going to get $50 free on Price Picks. Go check them out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ron Styles. Joining me is Richard Stamen. And you can go check out Lockdown now for your next listen. But Richard, what a weekend. What a fun weekend. You mentioned on the preview show that this is the time that executives check in. And oftentimes, the only time they watch college basketball, what did they see this weekend? You know, uh, I think kind of staying back with where we left off, uh, Jaden Ivey made a good impression. The Texas game was pretty quiet, but even then he still ended with 18-3-3 on four of seven. Uh, I think that's something that really stood out. And then also Paolo Boncaro, who had ended the season pretty cold over the last like month heading into the tournament. He was really rough shooting under 40%, came out just absolutely guns blazing, and he was doing everything on both ends. The defense kind of went missing at times, especially against Michigan State. But ultimately, he did really show out. And then on top of that, it's hard to ignore the Jalen Duran versus Chet Holmgren matchup, which I think if you had to pick a winner, uh, it has to be Chet Holmgren just because, you know, he didn't dominate. I wouldn't say either of them dominated, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, Duran 
I'm looking this up now, but he was pretty inefficient, and a lot of it was because of Chet Holmgren. Uh, He went 3 of 11 from the field, which is really bad for a big, and that was against potential number one pick, Chet Holmgren. And, and, you know, speaking of that matchup, that was obviously one that was very anticipated. Even our preview mentioned how awesome that Memphis-Gonzaga game would end up being. But many people are using the famous video now of the flop warning, which they conveniently leave out. There was a flop warning. and just acting as though Duran bodied Chet all night long, and this is why Chet can't play. He goes up against an NBA body in Duran, and he is just getting it out hustled out manned out muscled for you taking it away from the highlight clip on bleacher report or wherever else they they aggregate it and and forgetting the fact that he flopped and it just get bowled over like like a twig what do you think of this matchup yeah i i think it emphasized a few things one that duran is kind of predictable at the college level at least right now because he has nothing outside of the paint offensively uh he just really doesn't offer much maybe as a passer obviously but like as a scorer He's leaving everything in the paint. And for Chet Holmgren, someone with his IQ and his ability to block shots, probably probably the best shot blocker we've seen in the last 10 years at the least, um, it made it easy for him. He was able to – I think he had three blocks in the first 10 minutes or something, and they were all on Duran. Like, he shut him down. It was everything Duran tried using his muscle. Uh, Chet's length had the answer. So I, I, I think Chet won really on both ends too, if you look at the offensive end too. I think Chet was impressive this weekend. Obviously, they had the scare, if you want to call it that, in the first round where they kind of played with their food a little bit. But then they did pull away and make it an impressive victory. Now, throughout the weekend, I was I was tweeting at you about some certain prospects, like a Candy Chandler. And did he do anything to change your mind against Michigan? I mean, he was awesome. Against Michigan, Tennessee falls up short. But everybody is just having rave reviews about Candy Chandler. And I know where you stand on him. But do you think, is that an example when you talked to us last week about how executives can overweigh the tournament? Is that an example of you watch that Kenny Chandler game, you watch him take over Michigan and NBA execs use that to move him up a few spots? Well, yeah. And on top of that, he won the SEC's most outstanding player in the conference tournament too. And he's at 11 straight games of double digit scoring in that stretch, 15 and a half points per game on 51% shooting. 50% from three, weirdly, the free throw percentage is 54. So everything's in that 50-50-50 club. Uh, But I'm kind of disregarding the free throws because it's three a game, weird sample size uh, for free throws in that way. But, you know, I I really do think that is probably one of the prime examples of a player that's going to rise because of March. This stretches back to the 15th of February. Um, He has just been playing lights out against Michigan. He went 9 of 19 had nine assists to three turnovers, which is a pretty solid ratio. I think he's probably rising. He rose a little bit on my board. Uh, I'm just still skeptical because of the whole size thing. Can he do it night in and night out? He'll have these flashes. If it is, you know, uh, if he is able to translate, how often does it translate? Those are kind of my concerns. Now, Auburn got bounced by Miami in what was a very shocking result. Uh, that means that Jabari Smith's season is over, and we've, we've lastly seen – Jabari Smith in college or so we think he's doing the whole I don't know what I'm going to do routine but we all think he's going to end the NBA obviously now that his college season is over with your evaluation is what of Jabari Smith before we get any combine numbers or private workout info what do you think about Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah I I mean he's my number one player he'd be foolish to return it's PR work he's not actually going to return I'd be stunned 
Uh, I think, you know, I've compared him to bigger Clay Thompson. I know that there's holes in that argument. I get it. Um, but for 6'10", I think he, his handle has work to do, but it's very realistic work. He has a nice inside-out crossover, which most 6'10 freshmen don't have. Um, and, you know, he plays really good defense. The issue for him was, you know, it's kind of just the issue of March and kind of being a live-by-the-jumper-die-by-the-jumper guy where against Jacksonville State, he had no issues. But it's also Jacksonville State against Miami – he couldn't make a shot. He was really unlucky that night, I would say. And that's why Auburn lost. And it's just one of those things where you can't afford to be having an off night in March. And uh, Jabari Smith did. I still think it really doesn't change much of his outlook, though. And Paolo and Chet still playing. But I tell you, Sam Presti's number one pick in the draft. After the, the weekend of March Madness, that, that does impact things a whole lot. Who are you picking? Who, who are you going to select for the Thunder as the perfect fit prospect-wise to help bolster this rebuild and bring it full circle man i i think it i mean i have jabari smith as my number one um it probably has to be him if everybody hits though i mean if you're looking at a scenario where all three of paolo jabari and chet hit even an eight out of ten scenario give me chet holmgren see i i love jabari smith oklahoma city what is it that separates chet from jabari if both hit their ceiling yeah, for me, the big ceiling differentiator is something that I'm not sure how it'll actually translate, and that's the ball handling. Uh, we saw it in high school. Theoretically, Chet can you know go low with the ball, which is incredible. Uh, he doesn't have to go technically that low uh, with the rest of his body because his arms are so long. But you know, if he's able to start running some possessions occasionally, which obviously we've seen some centers do that, it's becoming more and more common. If he's able to consistently run uh, just possessions as the main ball hand or especially like 10 seconds or less offense I think that's a huge differentiator for him and uh, I, I think that's what really separates him you know with the feel for the game and everything his passing decision making that's what separates him from guys like Bull Bull because theoretically they could do it too but they just can't make the decisions quickly and accurately like Chet can for you this weekend we have the sweet 16 on deck and we'll see how how the bracket unfolds but what are you most looking forward to this weekend and if it's a matchup that could happen in the lead eight, what, you know, what matchup are you most looking forward to to happen if things go right? What are you looking for in the Sweet 16? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it starts from Gonzaga's region. You got Duke versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech's the number one defense in the country. And I'm really excited to see Paolo go against that defense. There's a lot of guys on that team that they don't mind getting physical. Same with Trevor Keels. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how all of them fare. And then after that, I mean, I think Gonzaga cruises through Arkansas based on how their first two games have gone. Uh, for each of them. And if we get the Duke and Zaga rematch, that would be really fun. You know, I think it's hard to judge a lot of these early season matchups, especially the marquee ones, because guys and teams are just clicking. They haven't found their rhythm yet. Everybody's in full swing right now. I think that's a huge matchup to watch. And then one more that really stands out, Arizona, Houston. I mean, the Houston, same kind of thing, the defensive culture, Arizona kind of just faced it against TCU. Can Benedict Matherin and Christian Coloco put on an encore? in the next round. Now, do you have any remorse for the way you slandered the good name of Remy Martin? And do you have anything to say for yourself after you said he's undraftable and he goes out there and carries Kansas, puts him on his back, gets him to the second weekend and is going to be primed for this final four run. Hey, I I'm, I'm only going to make one excuse for Creighton and one only. They didn't have Cal Brenner. I really do think that I, I chose Creighton to win. I think if he hadn't hurt him, his leg in the first game, I think that game changes a lot. But 
uh not making one <laughs> not making any more first of all not making any more apologies i issued an entire public one yesterday on locked on and via draft for busting your bracket if you listen to anything i said on your on the bracket you probably did terribly just do the costanza and do the opposite of what i say and you'll you probably did well but ultimately i'm not making uh you know any changes about that for one game in a serious manner <laughs> i made two brackets i was actually going to skip brackets this year but you invited me before our last show to our to a bracket challenge, so I made one. I'm in the 91st percentile in that group. The other bracket I made, 97th percentile. So you should listen to me instead of listening to Richard Saban over here. But you should listen to Lockdown NBA Draft. By the way, I'm number two in that group right now. Uh, so we'll see if I can actually share my standing, please. I beg group. of you. Oh, let's let's try to scroll and find oh, your name. Oh, I'll here. tell you, it's Maxi Kleba's number, or or. or it's almost Jeremiah Robinson Earl's number. That's how bad it is. And they're not yeah, even. You've already lost this. your champion. There are 44 people, and I am barely above 44. And 44 is an inactive one. Yeah, yeah. 44 just didn't pick a, a bracket. And then 43, you picked Baylor. And then you are at 42, which, by the way, folks, it's not Maxie's number. It's Jerry Stackhouse's number. Let's get that correct. I'm going to report you to the good friends over at Lockdown Maps, because that was entirely disrespectful. But coming up, let's preview tonight's game, uh, the Magic and the Thunder going at it. But first, I want to say right now, put your friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. Built Bars are fantastic. They now have puffs, which are like a marshmallow treat with chocolate on the outside. It's a protein bar, but tastes like a candy bar. Richard, what's your favorite Bilt Bar this week? Oh, yeah. I'm very passionate about the Cookies and Cream Bilt Bar. I actually had a debate with Koo on this. Uh, I was on his show on Monday for the Pistons, and the, the, the Cookies and Cream is the goat. Thank you. The Cookies and Cream is the best, and I love the white chocolate Cookies and Cream that they just released this month. So go check that out as well at Bilt.com. Promo code LOCK15. Most Bilt Bars have 130 calories. 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's incredible. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ron Stiles, joined by Richard Stamen. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. For your second listen, go check out Locked On NBA. It is a NBA recap show every day in 30 minutes or less about what's happening around the association. Richard, tonight's the night. We see the Thunder and Magic go head-to-head. It could be huge for each franchise's history. It could be a massive turning point, just as Poku's incredible night to beat the Clippers last year was a massive turning point for the Thunder. What do you expect to have happen today? Is Window Carter going to just become Wilt Chamberlain again? You know, that would be the only saving grace for me in this entire <laughs> in this entire uh, performance, I'll call it. Like, like, I just, here's my thing. 
is is the starting lineup not named Darius Baisley going to combine to make 12 shots again on almost 50 attempts or 40 attempts? I think it was 12 to 40. I don't think so. So hopefully, hopefully, Oklahoma City, from my perspective, for anybody listening, you know, and if you're maybe you're anti-tanking, you're also with me. Hopefully, <laughs> they shoot a little bit better and the numbers even out. Hey, there are still some anti-tankers out there. So Richard's on your side here. Uh, because he wants the Orlando Magic to tank. But nonetheless, uh, whenever you look at this team, Trey Mann obviously didn't have the homecoming he wanted to have in Central Florida. But last night against the uh, Celtics, 35 points, sets NBA records. And I said after the game, I'm not really sure anymore how to put a ceiling or a limit on Trey Mann. I feel comfortable saying his floor is a high rotational piece, and I think that you'd agree with that. But I no longer know what to cap him out at as we kind of look at the future and they kind of try to figure out what the Thunder have. Do they have starters here? Do they have stars here? What do you think Trey Mann's ceiling can be in this league? Yeah, I, you know, I want to say stay consistent with what I had uh, pre-draft. But, I mean, if you go back to about Valentine's Day, uh, I don't know what changed for him then. But that's when we saw him. That was when he had the 30-point game. It was a career high. Uh, since then, he's since that game, including it, 17 points a game, three assists, five rebounds on 42%, 36.5% from three. And I think that's just a real flash. I've, I've posted something yesterday about Jalen Green, who I know you loved as well, about how pretty much since February, a lot of these rookies, you can start tracking how there's a turning point come around mid-February, these guys start clicking. Like Jalen Green's stats before and after are night and day. And I think Trey Mann's just another example. I've been a firm believer that of saying, you know, you see some of the best basketball from young players post-All-Star break, but I think that window can be pushed a little bit earlier to just say February in general. And I think these are real flashes. These aren't just empty stats. Obviously, you don't get, what was it, 30 points in a quarter? Probably, that's not empty stats. Like That's, that's actual skill. Very exciting future for the Thunder and the Magic. They this league is just in such a great position right now because every every team has a player that you just want to sit down and watch and you want to uh, get invested in. I mean, Wendell Carter was incredible on Sunday, and like you never know what game could prop that performance and that kind of takeover. Even a Thunder Magic game without SGA, we'll see if SGA plays today in Orlando. That will be the big burning question. I think if he doesn't play. Uh, would, do you think that the Magic should make a counter punch and like set Suggs and somebody else or just kind of let things ride? Well, I know Markel Fultz should be out because he, he by the time you've listened to this, the game hasn't started. But Markel Fultz is cleared for uh, the game against the Warriors. Both teams that are playing their third game in four nights are just a little bit different. The Magic are coming off to a back-to-back. The Thunder just had their back-to-back with the day off. I think you could see a surprise tank move, but I don't. Orlando has always done this. This is the whole thing with them is they win these meaningless games in the final month of the season, I think in 2017 or 18, uh, it was probably 2018. Cause that was, uh, I remember I was super angry. They threw away a game against Detroit. And I mean, by that they won and, uh, and it cost them, you know, the difference of Trey Young and Mo Bamba. It would be very on brand if they swept the thunder at the end of the season. As of right now, there is no injury report for this game, but you can imagine SG we listed as questionable He's been that way for over two weeks, even leading up to that, to that Magic game. But the Magic game was the first game he was actually out for. The Thunder do have an off day Thursday uh, and had an off day Tuesday. So 
that might help the cause to have SGA play. If SGA does play, he might drop 50, so that'd be fun. Uh, but worse come to worse, you split the series against Orlando and you've already lost the series to Houston. Not the worst thing in the world for the Thunder, but the best thing would just be go ahead and get swept and just improve your odds any way you can and just try your hardest to uh, survive. At this point, you've already lost 9, 10 straight games. You're 0-10 in your last 10 games. Just finish the job. Like Let's just trade in these next 10 for the prospect of getting Paolo or getting Chet or getting Jabari Smith. Richard, it's always a pleasure. It's so much fun talking draft. Glad that you're back for another year uh, doing this every week here on Locked on Thunder. We cannot thank you enough for your time and uh, all that you do for us. So we do know, though, that you have some interesting things in the work. Chad Ford, legendary draft uh, connoisseur, retired. It was a pleasure working with him on the Locked on Podcast Network. It was a pleasure for all of us getting to hop into that live studio show we did last draft with, with the legend Chad Ford, but he's retiring and it presents a new opportunity for you and Raphael Barlow and a lot of our other co-hosts here at uh, locked on podcast network. Hey, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. And uh, thank you for always having me on uh, one quick question though, before I head out, uh, I'm actually genuinely curious, both of you and any followers uh, comment somewhere on this. Cause I want to know, do you think the thunder win another game this season? Like genuine question. I think that they do. I think that they're going to win either tonight against Orlando or at least against the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers, the Pistons, I should say. These two games, there's no, in my opinion, there's just no way that you can lose to Orlando, Detroit, Portland twice and just lose out. Not to mention, without a fight. Yeah. Not to mention that the Clippers and Lakers at the end of the year and the Jazz might not have anything at all to play for. Uh, even the Suns, like the Suns by April 3rd, might have everything in the world clinched. Best record in the NBA, best record in the West, and, and Chris Paul that's kind of trying to get back from that injury. The Stars would have to really align to lose out from here on out for the Thunder and end on like a 20-game losing streak. But uh, it is possible, I guess. But I just think that this team, who almost was able to beat Orlando without SGA in a sloppy, difficult game, can't survive losing Orlando Detroit and two Portland games. Portland is very bad. Yeah, I, I didn't realize the schedule was so uh I want to say soft, but difficult in this regard. <laughs> difficult to tank, soft to win games. Yeah. But Richard, what does what does your uh, new content look like for Locked On uh, Podcast Network? Yeah, uh, I I think we're going to be undergoing some changes. Hope uh you know, maybe uh maybe uh you know, crank it up as draft time comes forward but uh in the meantime you know i'll just be doing my usual thing dropped a big board yesterday uh mock drafts and scouting reports now that uh we're i think 92 days away 91 days away from the nba draft so uh it's really exciting stuff and that's tuesdays on locked on nba draft still go check it out subscribe follow along follow him on twitter at mavs draft richard thank you for joining us Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.